Did you know a turkey puppet once ran for the presidency of Ireland? Did you know that meat once rained from the skies of Kentucky? Did you know that there was an emperor of the United States for a while? Then listen to the Wiki Ship Down podcast. We live in an age when the sum total of humanity's knowledge can be found in your pocket on a smartphone at any given time. But when that knowledge is peer editable, like it is on Wikipedia, what does that say about mankind? So follow us down the digital rabbit hole as we drink, joke, and curse our way through the random button on Wikipedia and see where our journey through humanity's knowledge takes us. While you're at it, follow us on all social media at Wikiship Down. I'm Ruthann. I'm Ryan. And be sure to find us every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, we are rolling. I'm going to count us down. Three, two. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And today we have another special guest, Malik McCree. Yo, welcome back, man. What's up? I'm back, man. This is what, round two? Yes, round two of this. I'm here. Let's do it, man. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me again. No, thank yeah. you for coming. Yeah. Um, and you brought us kind of a monster. Uh, you wanted to talk about oh. uh, Nymphomaniac. Let the... me paint the picture on where I was when we came, when I came up with this concept, right? Yeah. Because we were, we were, me and me and Lex had just finished relieving ourselves in the bathroom, actually. And he was like, hey, do you have any other ideas of what you might want to talk about for the podcast? And I was like, you know, sex scenes would be cool. Yeah. So that's just, you know, that's just where that was when that thought was incepted. You know what I mean? I thought no, yeah, I get cool. that. I, just, and I, I applaud your openness, <laughs> letting everybody know that post relieving ourselves jointly, jointly, your mind immediately went to let's talk about intercourse on camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lex was like, I don't know if he's hitting on me or not. Like, I'm but very like, flattered. Yeah. And strangely turned on. I mean, of course. Come on. <laughs> But yeah, man, I just wanted to, um, you know, as a director, as an aspiring, I guess you could say director, because I, I you're am, a director. I, I do it professionally. I've, um, I've watched you do it. Oh, well, thank you. Um, as a director, it's been fascinating to me to like see how much of the real world you can put in front of the camera, and sex happens to be one of the realest things out there. So That's it's true. always been a fascination to me to simulate it without showing it like this isn't like we're not trying to do pornography because like any we could you know obviously anybody could do that but like how close can we get to the real thing and the sensation of the real thing yeah without the actual real thing listen to malik kids you too can do pornography (laughs) (laughs) anyone can yeah what's this what what is the line between art and pornography guys like that's the big question of the movie i don't know but i know it when i see it right so uh Um, this is a stupid side story, but I was drunk on a bus one day and, uh, these, these like pretentious San Francisco, uh, er, uh, early 20 people were talking about that. They were like, I mean, what's the difference between art and, and pornography? Mm. And like in my stupor, I, I like lean over and I go penetration and then i like lay back down um i don't feel like they appreciate it but like not necessarily that's true the line has been necessarily it was drawn before and now it's just been pushed further back we have uh this this movie uh is a four hour long beast in its um, in its edited version oh yes the long uncensored version it's like is five and a half five right? and a half yes yeah, yeah. Um, and by the way folks if you watched this film in preparation for listening to this show 
you did watch the uncensored version, most likely. So if you can imagine what wasn't included, I'm I want to talk to you because your brain is horrifying. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, is, does that does that even exist? Like, where can one? Can we just go to an obscure library somewhere and like pull up the I the know. original? I don't you know. Gotta, do you got to call Lars and get? I think get the so. Director's I think cut? you got to be like, hey, uh, I'm Cans, <laughs> and I really want to showcase your five and a half hour cut again. Cans. And he'll be like, hell yeah, that's where it first premiered. Like, Let me give Cans you the seven festival. hour version. I want to say the the five and a half hour cut screened in Denmark, maybe. Uh, Maybe, and I mean, I'm sure if you look if you look hard enough, I'm sure you can find it here somehow. But I don't know how many domestic theaters it would have played in. Yeah. Right. Well, I think Kansas and France, maybe. Kansas and Kansas. Okay, guys. Con. I'm American, and I pronounce American words <laughs> American like. Film festival. Okay. Cans. Yeah. Cans. Hey guys. Hey, it was showing at Cans. My uh, favorite filmmaker is Gene Luke Godard. Oh yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Cans, guys, there was lots of boobs in this show. You know what I'm saying? Smoothest transition I have ever heard. Thank you. I used lube. <laughs> <laughs> I feel shame. Um, so, all right. So we are though. We are talking about *Nymphomaniac*, the two-part uh, magnum opus, uh, 2013 release by Lars von Trier. I guess right up oh, top. Oh, I want to ask you guys how. What is your range of experience with the work of Lars von Trier? I was introduced to Lars von Trier through antichrist okay that's a hell of a way in that was my um and it was right after it was after i had a conversation with somebody about doing shrooms and he he was on shrooms and he had watched antichrist why would you do that i have no idea but it it compelled me to watch the movie sober albeit but i I don't um, think i could handle antichrist in any other state looking at it tari have you seen antichrist no this is my first Lars ventria oh really wow wow okay Okay. so uh antichrist uh Nymphomaniac is the third in a loose thematic trilogy that he calls his depression trilogy. Antichrist being the first, Melancholia being the second, and Nymphomaniac being the third. Antichrist, okay, so it takes a hell of a lot Mm. to make me queasy. Mm. Antichrist is a film that I watched once. I have a lot of respect for it. I am never watching that again. Okay. I'm so good. For one scene alone... And you, Malik, you know the scene I'm talking about. There's so many, but I think but I know what you're talking about. Specifically involves um, uh, 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 just real graphic genital mutilation. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And so the the female lead of that film is Charlotte Gainsborough, who's the lead in Nymphomaniac, who Got plays it. the elder elder. It's rude. Who plays the grown up? Jo- she ain't old. Who plays right. the grown up Joe? Jo- and she also plays uh, Kirsten Dunst's sister in Melancholia. Melancholia is a movie that I'm eager to revisit. I like it a great hmm. deal. I have not seen that one. I like it a great deal, largely because of the way it ends. And I won't spoil the ending, except to say that as somebody who has gone through some real dark low periods, like where depression gets to the point where you feel this absolute crushing sense of inevitability yeah i have never seen a war any form of media that has so perfectly captured Captured that that? exact feeling this crushing inevitability that's interesting honestly that's what i'm getting at with these sex scenes because i think therein is where lies the difference between art and pornography because it's about the it's about the the energy and it's about the energy that's manifested 
from beholding something like that. And when you're looking at pornography, there's only one energy to be manifested, and that's lust. And it's like you're there to bust the nut. It can look nice. It can look pretty. But, like, your primary goal right. is to bust the nut and be done. I'm and there for the story. You're there for the story. I'm like, is this stepfather really going to help his stepdaughter with her tr- boyfriend troubles? You know? Like, she's afraid of having sex for the first time, well, and he's going to help her out. Everyone that's not Tari is there. <laughs> for the nuts <laughs> uh, and i would say like the art films they manifest a different energy that that leaves you with that being like i've never seen that expressed before you know I what i mean felt that a couple of times watching nymphomaniac i uh so right you talk about the difference between art and pornography and where that line is and yeah. i suppose pa- past a point that line would have to get very specific and subjective viewer to viewer because i've heard the closest i've heard to a, an actual like solid definition of pornography it is, it can be, and this is how you get, you know, like uh, lifestyle porn or like food porn or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's anything that is depicted that who, who, the primary purpose of which is, is excess to, is exce- and titillation more than titillation. excess. Mm. Um, arousal of some kind, not, not even necessarily sexual. Like, I mean, I'm sure some people are definitely into having sex with food. Yeah. Uh, but you know, when you watch videos of, of just people like arousal of making senses. The, right. Exactly. So like earth porn is just like all of these, like beautiful mountainscapes and like just stuff that makes people go like, ah, ah. So, you know what I mean? Cloud formations and shit like that. Through that prism, I could argue that as pornographic, as straight up pornographic as a lot of the content in Nymphomaniac is, I don't know that I would necessarily refer to it as such by that definition because I've never seen less titillating looking sex anywhere. Because like, and it's all it's all what I'm trying to get back into because what Lars has done is like because here what what pornography does is pornography takes sex and the constitution of sex institution of sex and be like look at how grandiose this can be this mm-hmm. is the best sex you could possibly have and it's right here on on camera like this is your dream sex so they do all of these artificial things to make people think that like that's the best sex can possibly be right. right Lars von Trier is like sex is disgusting right sex <laughs> it's hurtful it's it it brings out the worst in us sometimes and it's dirty and it stinks and you need to look at it and it's beautiful and you need to look at it That's, and you need to look at yes, it that is Lars von Trier more than any other <laughs> makes me so viscerally uncomfortable and it is it's that instinct that he seems to have to like grab you by the back of the yeah. head shove your face in it and go look at it like it's def- <laughs> Form. It's just fleshy bits, and it's like weird shaped penises. Shia LaBeouf just... is there. Shia LaBeouf. Yep. I mean, yep. And his great, great accent, where he's oh my god, you know, he's he, it's like he heralds. Christian from... Slater didn't do much better. Now. Come on, now. <laughs> oh my gosh, that fucking scene about the trees, and he's like the spirit of the trees. It's like dude. we, we do that, right? We got to talk yeah. about like up top. If you haven't seen this movie and you've been listening to this show and you've stumbled across this episode and you're immediately uncomfortable and you're like, "What the hell's going on? Why are they talking about flat out porn? Who is Lars? I don't know what's happening." Really quick, can we rattle off the list of bizarrely famous names that are uh, part of this cast? Yes, well, Shia is probably the most notable one. Shia LaBeouf is in it. Shia LaBeouf, uh, we have Stellan Skarsgård, Christian Slater, Jamie Bell, Uma Thurman, mm. uh, Willem Dafoe, mm-hmm. and then of course. You got some sweet, sweet Udo Kier action. Little, little sprinkle of Udo. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, sir. Um, 
And Willem Dafoe is also an Antichrist, too. Yep, he is and the male lead in Antichrist. I'm a big fan, as a director, I'm a big fan of just like finding those actors that you can just keep working with and just keep using. And you don't, there's just every movie becomes less of a conversation that you need to have. That, and and just, that are so willing to go, just go there. there. Yeah. Like, it's some of the. Because that's Gainsborough, another thing. Charlotte Gainsborough gives, gives a couple of the most daring committed as shit performances i have ever seen in the movie she's been the lead in for von trier. for von trier yeah she really she really goes there and that's another reason why i wanted to bring up this subject matter because it's like looking at some of those sex scenes like these these like you're putting things into your mouth like you're like you're biting on stuff you're right like, you're doing like you know what i mean and that's you're an actor doing that to another actor yep. so you have to have a conversation at some point like is it all right if when we're rolling i suck on your nipple and stuff like that and it's just the thought of that baffles me because it's like how do you get to that plane of existence where only thing left to do is to just show up and do it well and and so and so the production of this movie i I was doing i saw this years ago closer to when it came out and i I revisited it again in preparation for the show and i was doing a little bit of kind of light reading about the production and apparently what they did, blurring blurring the line between art and pornography even further, is what they would do for a lot of scenes. Is they would actually bring people onto the sh- onto the set, shoot them having real sex, different kinds of sex, and then would use like essentially digital magic to uh-huh. to mesh the faces of, of the, the actors, actors yes. with these people having actual intercourse. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so like everything from ways down is just like another person yeah lars essentially uh, became a the dick double if you will yes a digital dick double <laughs> like we live have, in I, a... have i cheapened the <laughs> have i cheapened the quality of the show no nope. like we're we on par <laughs> we, we live in a world where mark ruffalo can be the incredible hulk and where shia labeouf can wear someone else's dick that's true there was a like a part in my notes that was like shia put his actual dick in another human being um but that was before I did research. Like, but you know, though, Lars von Trier had to tell him he couldn't. Oh, you know, someone had to tell Shia, Shia was LaBeouf, ready. There oh, are very legal, like legal insurance reasons you cannot do this yourself. And he's like, Shia, ah. Shia right. was ready. Like, Shia, he showed I, up to the table read naked. <laughs> <laughs> I read that like when when Lars was talking to him about it, and he's like, I don't know if you'll be comfortable. Like Shia was like, here are all these videos of me and my girlfriend having sex, bro. I'm fucking down. I'm 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 down like Brad, like Here if I can do videos. all the sex sex scenes I'm I'm into it. Can I play Joe? Yeah, Joe can be a guy's name too. Totally. Hey. Yeah. Can yeah, I play right. Joe? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so and like at all the ages, the character can <laughs> yeah. still be woman too. I'll just play it. Yeah. Like, we can just. I'll be her change girl. Anything. Just put me in the shower with another <laughs> little girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get on my knees or whatever, so they'll be like, oh, he's, he's not tall, so he's got to be a kid. And he's doing it because he really wants to work with Stellan Skarsgård. Right. Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to work with Stellan Skarsgård? So, um, do you think we should like tell people what the movie is about? Yes. Wow. We did a lot of talking around the actual subject matter of the movie. Suffice to say that it is full of really I'd be unpleasant very interested intercourse. To hear like what somebody would say the movie is about, just based off of what we've been talking about <laughs> right now. Uh, if you could LaBeouf. describe, like, if you could describe what you think this movie is, that we right. get Shia LaBeouf with someone else's dick on, just intercoursing <laughs> for four straight hours. I mean, it's kind of, it's true. It, it it's, is the videos of Shia LaBeouf with his girlfriend. Yeah, that's that just edited to together. With, <laughs> with intermittently, he talks to Stellan Skarsgård about fishing. Right, of course. Um, I mean, the, the gist of the movie is that, like, um, uh, Stellan Skarsgård 
finds Charlotte in an alley and she's beaten up. And he's like, yo, I can call the police for you. And she's like, nah. And he's like, all right, let's get some tea. And she's like, yo, you want to hear my life story? I love sex, but I'm ashamed of it. And so she starts telling him her her uh, history with sex. And he's like, but like, you know, scientific stuff. And she's like, look, I'm trying to tell my story. Stop trying to get your shit involved in it. And then <laughs> there's uh, a whole back and forth like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's and like, that doesn't add up. She's like, just listen. Yeah. She's like, this is, this is, this is, it's, it's, it's a, it's my movie. <laughs> but it, like it, it yields incredible moments. Like when she's describing how she lo- loses her virginity to Shia LaBeouf, how she is, uh, I'm sorry, y'all. We're just going to go for it. How she's penetrated by him three times, a, a couple times in one place, and a, uh, three more times in another place. And uh, Stellan Skarsgård draws the direct line to the Fibonacci sequence. Right. It's great. Yeah. We get we get the math of it. We get the five, science right? of it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, two and three. No. It's three, it's three, three, and, three and five. five. Three yeah. vaginally, five anally. Yes. Yes. Um, can, I, can I talk about my issues with that whole thing? Like, and it's a, the it's a Fibonacci sequence. No, yes. Can I talk about the Fibonacci sequence and how it's just a shittier version of Pythagorean's theorem? <laughs> that guys. guy was an asshole. <laughs> Shit, he no. was the Thomas <laughs> Edison of math. I just want to do a PSA about anal really quickly. Okie doke. Um, okay. About how you can't just uh, like spit on your hand. We've and taken then, uh, such a turn. No, we, I just we I were talking like, about cartoons last time. <laughs> I, but I feel like you it, like if if anyone's watching this and they're like, yeah, I guess you could just flip her around and, and like, yeah, I know she that didn't, shit like, was too easy. No, you could not. Yeah, you gotta you gotta like make sure. Here are the main rules about anal. She's got to be breathing go. right. Yeah, yeah. let's gotta, go. No, yeah, you gotta you gotta one consent. Um, ha, yes. number one. Um, Have a two, conversation. You know what? Yeah, can, that be, gotta, can that be numbers one through like seven? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one through seven. Consent. 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 Um, the the next part after you receive that is you lube up like lube as up. much lube as you can. Anuses don't they don't self lubricate. They don't <laughs> fucking, do that. Is Captain America turning to Hawkeye, being like, "You got lube?" He nods. They lube up. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk, lube up. <laughs> That's my secret, Captain. I'm always lube. <laughs> oh, where did this go? Oh, jeez. I'm just guys. And then, like, so tell us more about and how you know, to properly you know, have yeah, so Like, I mean, the next piece is once you've lubed both yourself and your partner, is you also have to make sure that like you go slow. Like, yeah, you, can't you gotta, just, you gotta like, insert fucking... on the inhale. Right, you know, it, it's a there's a I'm serious, there's a breathing there's breathing that's involved. Like movies are so quick, and you know, movies are just so quick to like brush over the reality of things just to like get to the exposition. Right, mm-hmm. and so like the way that he just like and it, it kind of happened similarly in Brokeback Mountain. Do you right, remember? Right, right, right. Yes. It was just a, a and like I'm in there. Like come on now, like it's. Yeah. That's that. That's a good way to damage Movies your partner. Movies are just like like that's that's when I walked out. It wasn't about their love for each other. It was about that's not how it would happen. The inaccuracy of the intercourse is where I is where I drew that's the line. That's where you draw the line. That's where I drew you know, the line. You're sending bad messages. Proper anal sex takes time. It uh, really does. I'm just how am like, I going to explain this to my children? <laughs> This is not the episode that I will tell my mother I was on. Can we, how many times can sure? we mark this explicit? 
We'll be very specific in the description um, that if you want to hear about fucking, you guess you tune in. You oh, tune into this one. This, this is, is the one. least. This is this the only place you can hear Tari J Miller explain the rules of anal oh, <laughs> for free. Only, only anyway, place for free. The, yeah. On the internet. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, I'm going to send this to all the sponsors and be like, "This is though. This is already the least safe for work episode we've ever done." <laughs> oh man. I'm um, definitely going to play I it at work like on Monday. We needed a lot of like, like we just we just needed to make sure that that PSA happened. No, absolutely. And I just and it just because he does it twice. He does it at the beginning. He like bookends it. Um, but at the, he, at the beginning to and the, at the to end. the diff, ooh, to the to the other girl though right. to the to the protege right. And it, I, I had to I had to read up. I didn't know that that was also Jerome. I just thought mm. that that was. Because I'm so used to seeing Shia LaBeouf's face. Yeah. Right. Once they changed him, I was like, oh, a new, a new man in her life. You know what I mean? I didn't know that that was Jerome. Which I did. Now, see, occasionally we'll be able to stop, uh, talk about storytelling decisions. I did think that was interesting because early in, earlier in the movie, I think at the towards the end of volume one, they were addressing how she kind of remembers him as like a silhouette and there's different details of different people that mm-hmm. become an amalgam in of her Jerome. head. So I actually thought that was kind of interesting how the next time we see Jerome, well, like later on when we see Jerome, he does have a different face. So it's entirely possible that he never totally looked Look, like, Shia, like LaBeouf Shia LaBeouf and just looks like that in her memory. Like maybe she was just a really big Even Stevens fan. That's true. And so that's where that's where that mental image came from. Right. Well, that I moment think she- that she had her first orgasm, it was Even Stevens playing in the background. <laughs> mm-hmm. when, she yeah. saw, when she saw those two women... They were, yeah. It was their music. It was their <laughs> musical episode. <laughs> I was thinking it'd be more like holes. Am I right, guys? Oh, mm-hmm. so. you know, you oh. are, you know. I high five, high five. Yeah, <sighs> give it Stanley up. Yelnats. Oh yeah, you want some of this too? I'll take it. Hell I'll yeah, take it. Stanley Yelnats. Oh man, <laughs> um, but yeah. So like that—that's the gist of the sh- of the movie. Of is the it movie. like it's, it's her talking to Stellan Skarsgård, and every so often he'll be like. Oh, you know, that's not so bad. And she's like, I'm ashamed of, of stuff. And he's like, why? Um, so uh, I, yes, I want to, I really want to talk about Stellan Skarsgård, but mm-hmm. I feel like we should talk about Joe first. Okay, um, sure. Because she has a really interesting arc in that, like, she has this, She it seems like she's been really obsessed with sex since a young age. Yes. And then she, she started having it, like, when, when her friend B was around they started doing like um having like sexual competitions and things of that on the sort. train and everything like right. that yeah yeah um and so like you see her her relationship with sex where it's like one at first it's exploratory and then it is just something that she does because she like feels like she she's compelled to do so yeah, right and then it's something that she does like almost out of like habit and then it becomes something she does, even though she's ashamed of. And then it becomes so voracious that, like, she has to find other outlets mm. to release that energy. There is a very small point in time, though, where she's, like, a bit of a master of it. You know what I mean? Where yeah. she has, like, her her dates scheduled and everything is just, like, you know what I mean? So there, there was that very brief period of time. I would say, like, right before Uma Thurman shows up. Yeah. Where things that- are just kind of, like, routine and she has her, like, she knows the different things that she gets from all of those men. She knows what she wants from them. Yeah. Yeah. They all have kind of a symbiotic relationship with her. And it's like, things are just kind of, you know, as they should be in that, in that context. But you know, that's only for so long. You brought up Uma Thurman, who is in one scene of this movie in volume one. 
it is not only my favorite scene in the movie, but maybe my favorite scene I've ever seen Uma Thurman play. Mm -hmm. And I've seen her play a lot of tremendous scenes. But she is the wife of somebody that Joe is uh, sleeping with. And he's obviously, he's stepped out on his family entirely. And she discovers this and shows up at her apartment during their tryst with all three of their children to essentially... All three boys. Yeah, just shame him. Yes. And the way she's like, she's clearly having a complete mental breakdown. (laughs) But she gets some of these incredible lines about how like... uh, uh, Shall we look at the whoring bed? Would it be all right? (laughs) Yes, I love that line so much. Would it be all right if I showed the children the whoring bed? And then they get up and they go into the bedroom. And she says to the kids, let's go see daddy's favorite place. Oh my God. God. It's amazing. And she then, sits them down on the bed and was like, you should remember this for therapy. <laughs> like, you're fucking these kids up. Oh, yeah. And then, too, like, oh, when, when like, Joe, inter- not interjects, but when there's a kind of a moment of silence and she doesn't she doesn't know what to do necessarily. Who does? But she, but she tries to say to the kids, she's trying to help, I think, but she goes, I, I don't love your father. As if that's going to make it better. <laughs> Don't worry, kids. I don't love you, Dad. <laughs> and the whole and the whole time, Uma Thurman is so clearly having this massive, this total, total meltdown. But she's holding it together just enough just to enough. Ar- to articulate this insanity. Then the other dude that she's about to smash comes in. Her oh, next yeah. schedule with, like, with, with flowers, flowers, and Uma Thurman <laughs> runs up and answers the door, sees the flowers. She's like, "How lovely!" Takes them, lets him in, and How then long have you known Joe? And it's right. just this whole fucking. And, and as she goes to leave and she gets the boys towards the door and starting to go out it all just breaks she just, just wails and wails and w- <laughs> it's an incredible scene like honestly if you're listening to this whole conversation and you're going I already know I do not have the stomach for this entire movie just watch that fi- scene yeah. find that one scene on YouTube it's oh, yeah. an incredible short play it is it could just play in and of itself just that like you just know that like story alone you'd have enough context like the, just in that scene yeah right Joe, the husband and the wife, that's a, that, that's a little movie right there. And uh, one of the things that I've learned uh, over my time as, you know, studying to be a director is they, they say every scene that you make, whether it be an episode into a show or a scene in an episode of a show or a scene in a movie, it should all feel contained. It should all feel like its own thing. Yeah. You know, every every scene should have a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was like a perfect that that could exist as its own tiny film within this larger five and a half hour. Right. Movie. Like can you imagine, right, like any any actress just do that scene for your reel. Yeah. And if you can hit even a third of the notes Uma Thurman hits in this scene, you That's will probably true. book that part. Yeah. Yes. Uh I I really liked uh I forget the I forget the actor's name, um, but the guy who played K. Mm. Um, K is the so yeah. When is uh, that uh, K's the K SNM is the S N M guy? Jamie Bell. Yes. That's Jamie Bell. Yeah. Yes. That that's wild. Yeah, that's interesting. Jamie Bell was uh, the the thing in the Josh Trank Fantastic Four. Yes, he was. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. Yes. So Lars von Trier is very like vague about like the true nature of like occupations in movies. Does that make sense? Like it's not really specified what K like you see what he does, but like, is this a business? Right. Are these women like paying him to do this shit? Does he have regulation with the building that he's in? Right. Do the people that, 
You know what I mean? Like, you know like, what I mean? Like, the, I want to know shit. I want to yeah. know that stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, all of the, look at all of the, like, paraphernalia he's got. Like, clearly <laughs> you know he mean? made this a choice. This is an office building. Wait, he made a choice to invest at a <laughs> like, certain point. Like, this right. is an office building. This is a location. He has to give these women an address. Like, <laughs> there is a, you know what I mean? Like, there's a, yeah. there's paperwork is all I'm saying. <laughs> I'd like to imagine he's actually just a knot enthusiast. And then he's like, how do I use these really cool knots? And he's like, all right, I guess I'll just, like... Like, I guess I'll just use them on sex bodies. Right. Because like, it's like these women are willingly showing up to be assaulted by this younger dude. And I'm like, is this like a business somewhere? Like, is that a real thing? Or is that just something created for this movie? I assume that must exist in the world somewhere. Probably. We, we live in Hollywood, man. I'm sure there's like four of those within three blocks. <laughs> and we just don't know. Just sign yeah. up. Just get your ass beat for like, you know. Yeah, you gotta you gotta know a guy to know who knows a you guy. Gotta, that's one of those and things. Yeah, yeah like, and you also got to be accepted. Like when she first showed up, he was like, "Nah, I'm not interested in you." And then she had to get real aggressive about right. it. She just had to keep showing up. And then the other catch was he was like, "You will only know that I want you to come in if you're here. So you just have to keep showing up and hope that I'll let you in." Yeah. Like, like he runs that shit like Project Mayhem, like making <laughs> making everybody stand on the porch right? and get berated until finally you can come in and we'll shave your head and hit you with knots. Man, uh, I mean, I just I really like he he's he's such a interesting character amongst all the really interesting characters in this movie, mostly because like you 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 can't really figure out what his motivation is, but he's really like. In his meticulousness, he, there's like a joy behind it. Yeah. Um, mm. Like, there's a lot of like, I would say, uh, things that are supposed to be sexy and joyful that are very mundane and uh, joyless for the most part in terms of like all the sex that happens in this sh- in this movie. But like the one thing that like he's literally explicitly like. I'm never having sex with you mm-hmm. is the one thing that you really experience someone enjoying what they're doing, which I think is a really interesting way of having that character exist. You mean he's enjoying it? He's enjoying by it. By yes. not having sex? Like by That's not having sex. And it, like, yeah. And because remember when he said that he was like, rule number one, we never have sex and you can never fight that. And she was like, what do you get out of it? Yeah. Because, you know, that's that's usually what you would think. Like, you would think that this dude's like, you know, smashing all these women coming. to, But it's like his pleasure must be coming from somewhere else if he's not having sex with any of them. I mean, it's right. kind of, it's a power thing, I assume. Like, he's oh, in a position of absolute dominance. And that's what be. doesn't There do. is no yeah. safe word. Right. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Right. Like, that's like once you come in. That's it. You belong to me now. You're done when I'm done. Tough shit. Hey, you asked for this. You kept coming back. What do you think you were coming back for? What do you think these knots are for, man? Like, because <laughs> he's a knot enthusiast, but <laughs> he loves knots. I mean, given the, just given the clientele and the sheer volume of the clientele and the women that were coming back, even though they weren't supposed to come back for like another five days or whatever, right? There's a market for it. There's oh, yeah. a community of people that just eat that shit up, and like, you either have to just buck up and find your place in it, or don't. You know what I mean? But Don't again, again, to hit to hit a point we raised earlier, everyone is consenting. And that's right. why I I don't need the police to raid the building necessarily. <laughs> I still I I mean I still but like oh yeah no hey, that shit still looks weird man. It's not and like, no, we could all look, be consented no, but like no kink shaming right if you're out there yeah. and you're into that that's absolutely okay. That's I, real. Personally, 
I don't know that that would be my thing. Yeah. But if it's your thing and everyone is consenting, hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, and but it, it also kind of, I'm wondering if it is meant to speak to like the repression of like that area, like having so many women like trying to get his services. I'm wondering like if that is meant to say something bigger and that like, she's like her, her appetite is voracious and that's why she's going to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, or, or, or is it that like every, every man in their life just isn't willing to, to do anything of that sort. And so they have to, to outsource it in order to get pleasure in the way that they want. Cause it's uh, just such a harder conversation to have otherwise with your significant other. Right. You know right. I mean? Why not go somewhere where it's just like you can get the service you need and just, you know, experience it without the ramifications of people judging you for it. Right. Yeah. And you that's know? the thing is like she she got permission to go out and have sex from Shia LaBeouf. Uh, mm-hmm. or I just love how he's he's Shia LaBeouf. Any yeah, movie, yeah. any movie that he's in. <laughs> One remember day. when Shia LaBeouf was in Fury? Yeah. Remember when he was? <laughs> Remember when he was in the World War? I, too, hope that one day Shia LaBeouf permits me to go out and have sex. Right. I'm still waiting. <laughs> I mean, you. I mean, well, I think he gave everyone permission. He he made that green screen video and was like, just do it! Did that Lars, was him giving you permission. Did Lars von Trier write this movie? Yes. Because the verbiage in the movie is great, too. Like, the way that he describes, the way that he tells her that she should have sex with other people, he's like, listen, I have a tiger on my hands, and... Tigers need to be fed, and I need help with the feeding. Yeah, <laughs> like that's like that's some that's some fly shit to say to tell your girlfriend to see other people. Like you know what I mean? Like I might have to use that when I'm feeling like you know, <laughs> look, baby, you ju- you're just a tiger, baby. Tigers need feeding. Yeah, I need help with the feeding. What? I want to see other people. No, I just, I just, just, like, just to see what her face does. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But like, what an amazing moment when right? her face changes as she realizes Baby, you're what a you're tiger. Saying. Yeah. What a horrible Lead thing to do to another person. You're a tiger. Yeah. It's just like, an awful mean thing. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know. Oh, man. Faithful uh, man club. Uh, I'm kidding. I mean, but in the end, she she didn't have sex with anyone. Or she may have had a sex with a couple of those guys who helped her with the car. But ultimately, like, she wasn't sleeping with other people. She was just getting her pleasure in another way. Mm. Uh, so it's weird that, like, and, and it's more of a, uh, uh, say it says more about Shia's character that, like, even though that wasn't what she was doing, he was still like, fucking other guys, I'm going to leave you. Oh, well, here's the thing. Because it, 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 it got to the point where, because when they had that conversation about her being a tiger and needed help with the feeding, it was still in a situation where everything was under control. Everything was like, yeah, like, you just like sex a lot, but we're still a family. We still love each other. You're still a mother. But then once he opened the floodgates of her seeking that feeding elsewhere it got to the point where it allowed itself to grow bigger than anything that Uh they thought before and next thing you know she's ignoring her motherly duties and like you know what i mean like fuck the babysitter i'm just gonna leave the kid here right you know what i mean like just completely ignoring all maternal instincts to protect the child to seek this orgasm yeah Yeah. you know what i mean i feel like that's when jerome was like yeah, I can't. Yeah, we can't do this. We're not going to be a family. But it was. It also kind of sucked because he put the kid up for adoption too. Like he couldn't. Right. Do, he couldn't do shit either. Like you know <laughs> what I mean. Like I. I thought that was like that's the worst 
for the kid. She was like, yeah. And then um, then my husband put a kid up for adoption, too. And now he's in a home. I've never seen him again. Like, <laughs> like shit. Yeah, it's fucked up. That's fucked. Um, I'm like, I'm not. The thing with Von Trier is I feel personally I can never be certain if he does intend for anything to have any higher meaning than what is what is being shoved in your face at any given time. Yeah. But there is a very clear pattern. And it's like, all right, this tells us a lot about his psyche, I guess, and where his feelings about sex lie intensely depicted as a horrifically destructive thing. And we mm-hmm. literally see the lives of multiple children mm, being directly destroyed, destroyed because as a result of, of sex right. and the, the adulterous pursuits of adults of, of, you know, of man and woman. It's just the lustful carnal shit that keeps the world going. Right. Yeah. You know, who hurt you, Lars? Like, Bro, have you guys who hurt have you? you have you seen Love from Gaspar Noé? I have not actually. I've heard quite a bit about it. We should have we should have watched that as well in preparation because it, it parlays directly into that, and it's a very different take on love. Like whereas where I feel like Lars like shows you the darkness of love, Gaspar like touches on similar darkness, but it's more about like compulsive obsession with people and stuff like that. But it also shows you like just like being drunk off of like lust and stuff like like just like it re- like where 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 Lars is like yo sex is dark and dangerous right Gaspar is like sex can be pretty fucking scandalous and cool but like you gotta treat it right and shit yeah. like that you know what I mean mm. so it's really interesting you should check that one out and that one's and it's far more gratuitous than like there's penetration and love like you can see like full on like the first scene is like a fifteen minute just. She's just jacking them off to completion, and you see the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. Okie doke. Well, that's huh. on Netflix, too. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, you know. Um, I, so, I wanted to talk about the, I, yeah, I want to talk about the penetration stuff. So, like. Um, <laughs> penetration stuff. Always, uh, always want to talk about the penetration <laughs> stuff. Um, because, like, the way that I'm thinking of Lars Van Trier is that, like, he, he has the same trier, trier, van trier, van trier. What is it? Von trier, von trier, von trier. Ugh, Lars whatever. Von trier. I like it though. Van he's trier. American. He's trying. I see what he's trying. No, you know what? Lars van trier is like his his opposite number that is so pro sex and pro life <laughs> and pro people and pro kindness. <laughs> yeah. And he just can't seem to get financing together yeah. for his movies. Such a trier. Though. Um, he's a trier. Uh, but I feel like I feel the same way about him as I felt about like. James Cameron in that I feel like James Cameron well, wait wait for it yeah my um, fa- I just did a double take I feel like James Cameron makes movies so that he can like play with technology so, so um, like he makes movies so he gets to do a thing that isn't necessarily making that specific movie right yeah and I, I feel like Lars has kind of did the same thing with this movie in that he was like I want to make a movie about like sex stuff and um, about uh about like and i want to see how far i can push 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 everything and i want to see how many um how many sex things i can uh do yes uh it, it, uh the didn't the blue cat people have sex in that movie um well their sex is putting um their tails together penetration um, stuff oh, yes. what's this, going on inside uh, those tails this, we talk about avatar yeah okay. i mean but like this one he's All that like sweet cg penetration yeah but like this time we got we got as far as using um from what from the research i did we got as far as using um prosthetic dicks prosthetic vaginas um we had to 
use the technology to switch out people's faces. Um, there was a lot of like tricky camera work in terms of like inserts of like dicks going into butts and stuff like that. So like there was a lot of things that he, I mean, didn't even necessarily really add to the, to the, the concept or the, the story. It mm. was just like, you got to see that dick. You got, you got to see all of them. Dicks, you won't know what you know? we're talking about otherwise. Right. Um, and so like, it felt like he specifically was just like, this is, this is, this is, I want, I want to film all the sex and the dicks and the things, but like, I guess it needs a story. So I'll put all these people in it or something. <laughs> um, which I think is really interesting because it, 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 that I think also is another thing that like separates art from pornography is intention. Intention. And, 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 for sure. and his That's intention, exactly what I was getting at. Like, what's the intention behind what you're showing? Right. And if it's, yeah. Um, and so like if, if his intention was just like, yo, 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 um, I'm going to make a movie that people can wank to. Um, I don't think he succeeded. No, he, he if failed that was, utterly. I mean, if, if you, you're listening, please let us know. Tweet at us at again, Missing Outcast if you were able to successfully pleasure yourself and, and in Infomaniac. No kink shaming. But Not at all. If you can, if you can finish off to that movie, you have a resolve that I'm just envious you, of. Yeah, you're far like, stronger than I am. Because that, yeah, it takes it takes a lot. And that's yeah. where you talk about intention, right? That's I think kind of the point is that I can't look at this movie. I, I mean, again, like if that's Lars's thing, fine. But I can't look at this movie and think to myself, oh, he's actively trying to arouse or titillate anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I imagine even just trying to um, not even just filming, but like coordinating all of these different aspects of it. Like exactly. one, you have to know how like how this how you want these individual sex scenes to look so you can get the coverage for the in in inserts and Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for the inserts yeah but um, there's terrible um, we're canceled <laughs> um but but like you also have to to know like um which faces are going to be re- replaced and and it like just it seems like it takes so much technical oh uh, yeah uh it's the least sexiest thing Ever. Right, right, um, and, a, and a lot of you know when you see sex scenes in other far more mainstream movies, you know that studios will put out. Obviously, a great deal less graphic, mm-hmm. but also blocking is incredibly important because yeah. you can show far less, so you have to be far more conscious of where everybody's placed, yeah. where the camera is placed, where you know what could potentially be exposed, what is going to look not quite right on camera yeah. if it is or isn't exposed. Whereas here, I think you definitely have to worry less about the specific blocking in that sense, but then you have to consider, well, I've got a map Shia LaBeouf onto this dude. So I have to, at the very least be aware of placement within a frame so that I can match placement within a frame later. Right. And let's go. You have to be aware of what positions you want them to be in from the start. You're going to be like, okay, this is going to be a reverse cowgirl shot. So we want to be able to see Shia LaBeouf's face from behind her when she rises up. But from the waist down, the other guy's penis has to be inserted into her. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, that's the kind of stuff as a director, like, you have to think about, which was why I came up with this whole idea and talking about, because it's like, how do you even start to think that way and then begin to, like, communicate it to your team of people to, like, make what we've seen, what we've just watched? You know what I mean? Like, right. there's such a, there's a valley in between those two ideals from, conception to execution yeah and you have to be so delicate about how you communicate that 
because you don't want to, you know what I mean? You don't want to risk anything. There's so much risk. There's risk coming off as a creep. There's right. risk, you know what I mean? Having your vision not being truly understood for what it is. There's just so much. You right. know what I mean? For example, the first scene that I always think about is the uh, the scene where she's like, right when she's like, I discovered my cunt as a toddler or whatever. And then they show her and like her friend in the bathroom. Yeah. Like putting all the water on the ground and they're just like mm-hmm. rubbing their vaginas on the ground. Yeah. Like how do you talk to a child? To, to a child. And you're like, okay, so this scene. You're gonna take, you know what I mean? Like, I just wonder. I'm, I'm gonna play I'm a game. To say it right now. Right. Like that. I'm, it's uncomfortable. I'm, I'm yeah. repeating it right now. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like, I feel like at that point, maybe you just talk to the parent and or guardian, and they just tell the kid like you just lie in the water and you just right. move around like without really explaining the implication but the of kid it. Also had to like make like faces and like. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, like, I think how do you, you really direct? Because like, you want to direct, and like, you don't want to waste anybody's time. You don't. You want to make. You want to make sure that you leave that day with the shit that you came to shoot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but I also, I don't assume Von Trier's brain works the way other people's brains work. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to imagine that like it's all about reframing the scene. So like in the way that when they were making The Shining, mm. they they had the kid. They were like. The kid, this is a regular movie. It's not a horror movie. And he's like, okay, sounds good. Um, uh, it, you're, you're like, all that right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's just about how you reframe the... So you could just be like, we're playing we're playing tadpoles. Yeah. We're playing tadpoles. Like, yeah. and, and pretend like you're eating cake. And then they're like, mm, yum, yum, cake. <laughs> because a child's face when he eats cake... Is the same as an adult when you know. Yeah, sure. pleasure, pure unadulterated sure. pleasure. On a yeah, just yeah. oh boy. But like the other but, thing too, yeah. where I do feel like Von Trier has a bit of an advantage in terms of how technical a, a sex scene has to be in terms of execution, right? Mm. More uh, a more mainstream studio movie where the two parties are really like it's intimate, mm. it's it's a little bit erotic, a little bit sexy. I feel like that's got to be in a sense more difficult to make feel organic because it lo- it's the most technical, least sexy thing on any film set to get that entirely right. And you're surrounded by people. It's not like, yeah. it's not like you set it up and everyone leaves set so you can and be like, intimate. All right, yeah. guys, right. Have Every- at it. Right. We're just going to let the cameras roll. Exactly. Everybody's there and it's so technical. The placement is so specific and you have to look like, like you and your scene partner are legitimately into it. It's erotic. You're in love or at least no in powerful love. No one else is lust. there and no right. one else is there. Whereas... In Nymphomaniac, in true Von Trier form, literally every character is absolutely miserable doing every single thing that they're doing. <laughs> and I bet under the circumstances, it's a lot easier to get there than it is to get to this place of like actual like passion and lust. Right. Uh, the the actress who plays. Um, so you're saying played... make the sex depressing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's easy to For get there. For the sake of your actors, <laughs> there you go. make the least <laughs> sex positive movie you can. <laughs> And they'll they'll appreciate it. <laughs> they'll be like, I just woke up and let myself feel whatever I did. Um, the actress who played, um, I guess, teenage, early 20s, Joe. Um, Joe. This is uh, Stacey Martin. Yes. She was saying how boring the sex scenes were just because of how technical they were. Like, having to get in this specific position. And, mm-hmm. like, I think a lot of, like... Uh, uh, porn pornographic actresses will say the same thing in that like a lot of it is just uncomfortable it's mostly oh, getting yeah. in all these scenes that are built to be ex- aesthetically pleasing right but right none of them are actually like practical you have practical to, or yeah, pleasurable you have to penetrate in a way that people can see you penetrating yeah, right instead of 
worrying about your own pleasure. Right, right. You have to do it in a way that's like good for the camera angles, and it's like that's you know that's not real sex. Right. So. Unless it's the show Real Sex on HBO <laughs> and Ten Thirties on Saturdays. <laughs> real Sex is that HBO. Is that what it's on? I don't know. It, it, it used to be on late night on Saturdays. Real oh, Sex, man. HBO. I don't even know if it still exists. I got that HBO Go, so your it's plug, on whenever I say it's on. Bring it back. You yeah, never that's true. Guys, bring, bring it back. You learn a lot. It's not just like people having sex. It's like people go to sex therapy and they yeah. talk about their issues and all that stuff. Um, it's really interesting. The only one I saw was where they were like eating mangoes and talking about how it was like eating vagina oh wasn't the like wasn't there a, wasn't there like a kind of like a swedish or like german swinger on that show it maybe only once maybe multiple times but i think that might be where mike myers kind of got the inspiration for the gold member character oh really was kind of this swinger like this dutch swinger he saw on real sex <laughs> now I'm, now i'm picturing mike myers sitting at home watching real sex and just laughing his just, ass off. i'm like i got it i got it <laughs> Oh, man. No, you uh, cracked the code there on rearranging the verbiage of what you need from the scene to get it. You know what I mean? Because it's like, that's the way to do it. Like, if you're a director and you have an image in your mind and you want to achieve it, you should worry about communicating in a way that'll make that person see what you're seeing. And it might not necessarily be the the blatant thing that they're about to do right you know what i mean well, like you have that's to, that's the code right yeah there. and you have yeah. to build that trust like, yes you have to have an immense amount of trust in your scene partner so you're not making your a nymphomaniac your first movie <laughs> right no basically right like think about think about two like, <laughs> like but think about two right if you're can't if you're say like craigslist ad <laughs> right but if you're like actors access <laughs> if you're like say like you're you're Uma Thurman right like I was gonna use Shy as an example but like clearly he's just down for just about anything right um say you're Uma Thurman an actress of note and you're like hey the guy who made the dick smashing movie wants to make an entire five and a half hour opus about really unpleasant penetrative sex are you down like you gotta meet this dude and immediately get on the same page right because right? yeah. that's a big ask like exactly. that's a massive and then ask. you're also like you only got what, 30 minutes to convince Uma Uma Thurman that she right. needs to be in 15 minutes of this movie? Right, right. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? So it's like, you gotta come, you gotta come with it. You I gotta, mean, I like, like to think, right, it's like you go to her and it's like, look, you don't have to be in any scene involving sex or even nudity. Read the scene we want you to do. <laughs> and I do have to imagine that like almost any actress would look at that scene and go, oh, okay, yeah, I don't I'm, have I'm, to have dicks on me. Great, let's do that I scene. Have right. have dicks on me? Great. <laughs> um. So... Speaking of dicks, mm. um, I love the subject matter of this episode, guys. Yeah, no, it's this great. Is, this this is, really, we haven't um, done we haven't done one of these before. No, not at all. It shows it shows our range you as a the, podcast. You brought the wrong guy in. Man. Um, <laughs> but I so here is one issue I had. Well, I have two issues with this movie, um, but one of them specifically is Lars's hatred of brown people. Mm. Um, so we get that scene. With um, the Africans, with, yeah, the Africans. Known you think as he hates Ian. brown people. I, oh, you don't? Where Does. he? We have. Uh, he wrote this movie, and then specifically in a character who I assume is speaking for him is like, "Yo, I'm not gonna stop saying Negro. I'm gonna this, this, this political correctness. Fuck that. Oh, that's Negro, so Negro, true. Negro. It's a little, um, little that weird. That is true. It's a yeah. little, I, little weird. Know, it's uh, man being a Negro." <laughs> <laughs> 
I just brush over all of the subtle racism that is constantly in the world. I, I like so that I just can't. You know what I mean? I I really didn't, and I totally saw that scene. And it's not until we're having this conversation, I'm like, damn, that really was the director being like, if I want to say nigger, I'm gonna say nigger. Right. Like, like I, it, it like hit like because it wasn't just that like in the scene. The like the only scene with uh, with black people in it where she's just like I want to use these these black people for sex um, and then they she they come in and they just won't stop bickering they're loud um, everything's and, shot around their dicks like, right that's and awesome. there really yeah. there aren't so so to be totally fair it seems to me like Lars von Trier hates pretty much everybody right but when these really are the only black characters of note in the movie and they're treated like fetish objects. Yes. It plays very strangely to where like a lot of people have the same issue with Quentin Tarantino and how he will use that word pretty liberally. Didn't Jackie Brown. He, yeah. would, he did uh, in Django. The context, I guess makes right. a little more sense. Yeah. But it's like, this is a white filmmaker, but he's not treating his black characters as fetish objects, which is why I, I can, of. I can get past it before I can get past this. This feels very specifically odd. Yes. Yeah. And there were there any black people in Melancholia or Antichrist? I don't. I mean, to be in Antichrist, there were two people and a fox. <laughs> the fox and, was black. Well, yeah. Was, yeah. I was gonna say, was the fox black? Uh, <laughs> oh, you heard man. his voice, chaos. Right. <laughs> that's that's. That's a black man's voice. <laughs> and then you take off his helmet and it's just some old white guy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but uh, so here's my other issue. Um, I said I wanted to talk about Stellan Skarsgård's character. Mm. Um, and I feel like he was a really interesting, great character. Yeah. They like had him specifically say that he was asexual mm-hmm. and he was he was very accepting of of Joe so of much her, yeah. so that like she 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 was the he was the first one and I think that like to her that allowed her to see something else within herself mm-hmm. and then they add the last ten seconds which fucked everything up in that like he he leaves and he's like you know he he even goes as far as to have this really interesting monologue about how like everything that she was describing that she's ashamed of uh it would be no big deal if she you wasn't were, a um, woman. Yeah. And then, then like 10 seconds later, he's like, Hey, slut shame. Yeah. You had sex with a thousand guys. Why can't I just have sex with you? And it's like, that's not one. It's not character charist, characteristically consistent. And two, like really ruins that guy's arc and her arc. It really is feels it though, like, though? is it though? It, I remember the first time I saw it getting to that point, and I was like, oh, okay, we're maybe getting at something kind of larger here, and maybe he had a point to make with this entire story. Oh, no, he's just mm. telling me to fuck myself. I got Here's it. the thing. I, I think that as human beings, right, we're not just one way. Like, we say that we're one way, but we're not. Like, we always reserve the right to change our minds about stuff, and the 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 face that we put forward to the public and we're like i'm a good person i don't lie i don't do this i don't do that like are we always like that no you know what i mean there's lies that we've told there's stuff that that i'm not gonna sit here and say that i've done right you know what i mean right so i think that i think that that ending was the ultimate being like yo this is real life and as much as you think that some person is one way all it takes is the thought and an action to be another way. 
and we are all susceptible to that. We are all susceptible to that. I can spend my entire life trying to be Buddhist and Zen and this, that, and the third, and then like on the 30th year of that practice, somebody can piss me off so much that I'd kill them. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so ho- hopefully like, not, but hopefully yeah. not. Right, but right. like you know, it I, if, but it did, because if I'm that a happens, human being, it probably didn't work right, super well. Right, yeah. because I'm a human being and I'm susceptible to my moods changing and my, you know what I mean? Like I feel like, like because I've, I've, I too have had instances in my life where I'm like, maybe I am asexual. You know what I'm saying? Like I've thought about that. Sure. Like I've thought about. But it was also in a time where, like, I wasn't regularly, like, getting girls. I wasn't talking to girls. I wasn't actively trying to do things to change my situation with women. So it was just an afterthought of maybe maybe it's just because I'm asexual. But it's like now I'm like, I can't get enough. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like I think that, yeah, like, because it's a movie, it's a little bit um, disheartening to see that the character changed very at the very, like, last 10 seconds of the film. But... That, in my opinion, is a testament to sh- um, showing what life really is. And, like, I think one of the goals of filmmaking is to imitate life as much as possible. Yes, we want you to escape, but, like, I'm going to be a filmmaker. Like, it, I think I'm doing a good job if I can make you forget that you're watching a movie. Right. I mean, but, like, I guess my question would be, why did it? Why did he have to try to rape her, or why did he have to try to have? Did like, he try to rape her, or did he just like try to like have sex with her? I mean, he basically tried to have sex with her while she was asleep. Oh, um, and so like the, that. So I, I don't have a story answer. For don't get you, me wrong, but the actual that was shitty. Yeah, no, no the mean, actual answer. I I truly believe the actual answer to your question and most of the questions you're going to have in that vein is that Lars von Trier hates people. He just <laughs> hates the shit out of everybody I, I just i mean i think that for me it's not even just the act because as heinous as it is it's also that like it was bad storytelling to me mm. it's so this um, yeah this speaks to like like malik i totally get what you're saying about how like and we don't know that character all that well she just met him that night right so it is he totally could be telling possible. her that shit right and even if he believes it there could be for sure, this other thing that exists, and once he sees an opening to kind of drop, not the mask, like not in a sociopathic way, but just sort of drop a little bit of what he didn't realize, or what in his mind he thought he had to hold back and now thinks he doesn't, like I can I can track all of that through a real world prism, right? But like what is the, the adage is like uh, uh, the difference between real life and fiction is that fiction has to make sense. Mm-hmm. Like what, not as a rule, but like people do go into your stories uh, demanding that it makes a certain amount of consistent right. logical sense. Yeah. Whether or not it really needs to. But in that regard, it did for me feel like a real big, like, I'm just, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I had you for four hours and now I'm going to bail super hard right at the end. So you feel bad. <laughs> um, Cause I was thinking about it for like days afterwards and it really like, it upset me on, on so many different levels. Like, because not to like try to re write this story, but like, I feel like it would have made sense if at the end of her story, like, and cause, cause, also, she made specific note to be like, none of my stories are arousing you. And he's like, nah. Um, so, like, if, if at some point at the end, he, um, he was like, yo, like, I'm now aroused. And she's like, maybe I'll give you your first orgasm. Then it's like, cool. 
symmetry, mm. storytelling. Um, or she's like, no. And he's like, fuck, okay, bye. And like kicks her out. Then you get your sad evening. Okay, you, I mean, like, you know what I, I think? Just, I think you are, I think you are, uh, you're a victim of, um, not a victim. You can say you, I'm a casual, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a casual watcher and I have Hollywood sensibilities. You know who to blame <laughs> for that is? You know, Steven Spielberg. Okay. That's Steven Spielberg's fault. I remember <laughs> I remember that scene where uh, Roy Scheider fucked the shark. I remember. I was like, this I'll is setting you, listen, up no, certain I'll parameters for Here, me. Look, so before, before the thought leaves my mind, let me put it to you like this. So, like, uh, a very one of my favorite directors is this dude, Terry Gilliam, right? Yeah. And he gave this interview once where he was talking about how he doesn't like Steven Spielberg films because they're they all they are just nothing but answers right so every every spielberg movie you go into you you're gonna get nothing but answers you know what i mean you're gonna you're gonna know everything so i'm gonna be laid out for you in this grandiose beautiful looking way but you're gonna leave that theater having asking no questions right everything's gonna get tied up real nice you're gonna walk up probably feeling pretty good you know what i'm saying so he like steven spielberg is responsible for like the blockbuster movie which like, is correct. a weird the like, formula yeah. he right? and he and lucas together and like the one two of jaws and then star wars the formula so when you just the 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 the, necess- the necessary for a nice story wrap up that you speak of is a result of being exposed to that and that Maybe. constant just like so like like for example i went to go see ready player one recently yeah and like 20 minutes into the movie i knew exactly what was gonna like happen yep you know what I mean? Like, you know who the bad guys are. You know who the love interest is. There's nothing that you have to figure out. And I think what directors like Lars von Trier, Gaspar Noé, and all these other people, I think what they mean to do is undo what what we think that is going into a movie theater so that we leave with more questions and that we leave being like I, I think it's I think it was his intention to leave you unnerved like that. Oh, he's I think definitely. It was his, yeah, I think it was his intention. Whether or not you think it's because he hates people, but <laughs> oh, I think he's definitely looking to make you I feel think bad it's because he's, yeah. he's meaning he's meaning to undo what we consider the average movie going experience. I want to forget about my life a little bit and then leave feeling like I can do anything. Whereas these directors are like. I'm not gonna let you forget about life. I'm gonna show you that life can get fucking crazy. Yeah. And you're gonna leave thinking twice about some of the shit you do in your own life because of that. Like, and honestly, that's the kind of filmmaker that's, I'm definitely leaning towards that than like, hey, man, you wanna go to space? You know? Yeah. Hang well, on. Everybody <laughs> wants, wants to go to, go to space. space. Yeah. Uh, Join the Space Force. But I get I, but I, I do I, I absolutely see what you're talking about you and know? I don't disagree with it at all. Um I do know which experience I would rather have more frequently. But <laughs> I have um no, I, I wanna have, give you the whole spectrum. I don't want all of my movies to just be depressing right. sex romps, but like, you know. <laughs> depressing Depressed romps. Um, Depressed romps. <laughs> um okay. Well, I will say that if if you make this movie, then all you need to do, like let's say you completely shot for shot remade oh, um, Nymphomaniac? Nymphomaniac, then Gosh, all I want you to do- Is that where we are now? No. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's where we are. Um, we're all setting, I want we're you setting to up do, a GoFundMe and we're gonna get some <laughs> financing. Yeah. For, uh, if you hit a certain tier, you can come on set and Shia LaBeouf can have sex with you. <laughs> And he's down. He's, he's so he's, he's, he already he's, agreed. Yeah. You know he's, he'll do it. He's totally. already, yeah. yeah. 
Um, I just I just want you to include one shot of um, Stellan Skarsgård because he's still going to be in this in the remake too. Yeah. Um, on the other side of the door after he closes it, I just want a one single like it, ha- it can be like ten frames of him like just br- like breathe one sigh out on the other side of the door and then go in. That's all I it's need. It's like making a choice. Yes. Like okay, you so you, you thought it was just too quick of a. Yes, too, I, too much. I, the, the, yes, I thought it was just too quick of a it change. Was, yeah, it was. It was. There was nothing in his character to uh, imply that that was even a possibility. And I think that, like, as if you're if you're going for realism, people overall, I don't feel like are as unexpected as we think they are. Hmm. Pe- and, and 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 we we are less unpredictable as we think we are. And so, like, I think that like there are always little tells that can kind of like. Or, or little red flags that you can start to pick out if you're really looking for it. Like on second viewing of this, maybe, maybe as I'm watching it, there's a moment when he just like subtly grabs his junk and like looks down or like, but it doesn't even need to be that explicit. Mm. I just need, you just need something. More. Yeah. I just you need, need something in his character to imply that that is a possibility. I suppose I you it. could argue, right? How abrupt and jarring it feels to an audience member would probably mirror how it would feel to, to her. her. I can actually track yeah. how it makes emotional sense. Maybe it's just like, mm, it just, it's the most Von Trier thing I think <laughs> that there could be because it's like the whole movie we establish this relationship. Here's like here's this guy who rescues you from an alley and takes you and helps you kind of recuperate story. and listens to you and reassures you that you're not to blame you for everything. Person. You're a human being. You don't have to feel shame. Right. And maybe you can kind of help work. Past maybe that's all what this it was stuff. for. And then oh no, this dude's gonna rape you too. Maybe you mm. were meant to experience it through Joe's. You know, maybe you were meant to experience it through Joe's eyes at that last point. You know, maybe that makes a that makes total sense for me. Yeah, because my... we spent the entire time speaking to this guy, and like he's been a voice of reason and like no judgment. So much so that like the guard just continues. We ourselves as viewers let our guard down as well, while her and while him and Joe continue through this t- this tale. So that last final thing is just like, oh, I would shoot him too. You know what I mean? Like right. that. You know what I mean? Maybe you were meant to feel like Joe instead of the like omniscient kind of purveyor of everything. Right. Maybe Lars was trying to put you right where Joe is. Which, which for mm. me, like I can, I can view it through that prism. When I watched it the first time, it still felt very sudden and yeah, not super consistent. But talking through it this way, I can see ways to frame it where it makes a certain amount of sense. My issue with it continues to be not. So much that I feel like there's an issue with the writing, but mm. more that it's just like, man, like, do you, why do you hate me personally? Did I do something <laughs> to you that I don't know about? Why would you do this to me personally, sitting mm. and watching your movie? <laughs> Maybe you're the one mm. who hurt him. <laughs> right. You know, like one day, uh, he, you got, you were sitting on a bus, and Lars was sitting next to you, <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna go have some great sex," and you're like, "Sex ain't that great." Sex fucking sucks. And, and you he's get like, off the bus boy, maybe it does. Yeah, I just yeah. run. <laughs> yeah. So his, this was his response to you. Right. Um, like, can we talk about sex. can we talk about the protege? What was her name? The, oh, with, the with the ear? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really get that. I didn't really understand what that was about because at that point in time she had started working for like she do she started doing like illegal things, right? Willem Dafoe yeah. was like this So yeah. That she, whole 
part was like gray for me. That's what that's another part where I meant about like the nature of these occupations. Like what exactly did she do for Willem Dafoe? Like that was never really specified what he is. You know what I mean? He like, seemed like a bookie or like like a like a loan shark. Okay, and uh, so she was. Yeah, he's playing Norman Osborn. Right. <laughs> he's he's funding his science organization, um, and he uses these three these two grunts and this woman in order to get his money back that he loans out with extra interest. Ah. Um, and so uh, it seems like the protege was supposed to eventually become uh, like like a pyramid scheme, essentially where. Uh, essentially, P would start doing the collections, bring it back to uh, to uh, Joe, and mm-hmm. Joe would become the next William William Defoe. Got or it. L, I think his name was. Got yeah. it. Um, but I think for me, I I also was kind of weird, like because we had that weird that section where she's like pedophilia is not bad and then um she becomes kind of a pedophile herself and that because like, she's she starts, like fifteen. Yeah, right? she's like she's fifteen. Um, and like that, and that tracks cause it, it's her justifying that section, but I don't understand why P started sleeping with Jerome is that what I don't weird. get. That was, that was, that's more of a jarring turn than Stellan Skarsgård's character in my opinion, because like literally a scene before that Joe was like, the whole reason why I know you is because I was told to watch you and like breed you for this new job occupation and p was like oh that's fine yeah yeah i'm i'm down for that and then like five minutes later she's getting like railed by jerome and peeing on joe i'm like what yeah i don't understand so like, then so then like because you guys are friends it's because lars way, hates people what well, i mean it's definitely <laughs> because like, whatever else is true it's because he hates people and he wants you to feel shame um <laughs> But no, I, I guess then it raises the question of how reliable a narrator is Joe. Mm. I don't think like well, yeah, there are a, a lot. There are a lot of uh, clues to say that she's the most unreliable narrator because she, she explicitly like. There's a moment when uh, when he calls her out. He being Stellan Skarsgård calls her out and is like, "There's there's literally no chance that you met Jerome again in that uh, in that park." fresh out of a relationship and you find it, that one picture and she's like look is it more interesting if it's Jerome or is it more interesting uh if it's just someone else and he's like I guess it's technically more interesting if it's Jerome so like you know that she's not a reliable uh a, not a reliable narrator and there's a chance that like she, her lying in that in that uh in that alley could have been after a session with P with not P with K um, cause she laid on the, on her floor in the same exact way, uh, after her first session. So like, wait, every, K is who? K is the, um, the, uh, oh, whip dude, whip yeah, dude. Okay. Whip yeah, dude. Whip guy. So she like, never sleeps with Willem Dafoe, huh? Nah. Nah. So like everything. She saw Antichrist. <laughs> well, she was in Antichrist, so she was there. She's like, I can't, I can't <laughs> do that, that again. Experience, after we shared this experience, I don't can't think do I can go again. back to that well, Willem. I'm sorry. Uh, and Willem was like. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm yeah, good. it's like I'm fine. Yeah. Please, no more, no more junk yeah. for me in this movie. <laughs> He's like, we're getting too old for this stuff. Uh, we need successors. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, there's a chance that like at a certain point, everything was false, mm. um, and she was essentially uh, just trying to spice up the story, especially because 
once she calls him out for not being titillated by his by her stories, she could have been like, like, have you ever been doing stand up and you're like, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm losing the crowd. Time to heighten up the embellishment and start saying, yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Um, okay. So like that could have been a hundred percent. And and then well, at she that says point, that she was sense. like, well, what's more entertaining, the truth or how I'm telling it? Or right. Something. I forgot how exactly she says it, but like she goes like, do you want to hear a good story or do you want to hear the truth? Right. Yeah. So, so like even she, she she pied she life of pied him. Ooh. <laughs> you like that? I watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh um, that little boy having sex with a tiger. It's all I like how it's all by, sex now. Directed like, by it's Ang like... Lee on a boat. It's very romantic. Oh, it's yeah. actually far more erotic than anything in Infomaniac. <laughs> <laughs> No, seriously, guys, he, he had a tiger on his hands. Check he out. <laughs> <laughs> he had a tiger. He had a tiger. tiger on his comes hands. full circle. Tiger yes. needed help with the feet. It's like I hope we get some pirates out here soon, man. I can't do all this work. You know, yeah. you guys should check out Love though, because it. I feel like it's it plays into everything that we're talking about, and it kind of goes further than. And there's just a lot less there's a lot less depression in it like it's still pretty dark and it still goes to dark places and you know what i mean but like i don't know i feel like gaspar approaches sex with a little bit more hope than than lars does. literally everyone alive approaches sex with more hope than <laughs> lars von trier <laughs> The Pope approaches sex <laughs> with a little more hope. For real. <laughs> I mean, he's got that Pope hope. So, um, all right. So we are uh, running out of time. Any last thoughts before we start wrapping up? Um, I'm, I mean, we did it. We this was. <laughs> I got. We accomplished it, guys. I got one. I got one really significant question we have not touched on, which is where does everyone come down on cake forks? Um, too feminine. No, cake <laughs> forks. Um, a fork is a fork, my dude. Hey, Amen. Doesn't even matter. Just right? use it. Yeah. Right. You know. I'm with you. We don't. We don't fork shame around here. Hell we no. don't fork Not shame at all. You can't fork if, shame. If anything, like having a cake fork. Man. <laughs> it's 2018. Right. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Uh, we definitely did something great, here today. <laughs> no, seriously, I was I was worried about this one because I was like, we're gonna get a little risque. You know what I mean? I can't, you know, really show the moms this one but this one's good like we i think we reached a lot of intellectual points here i feel like the listeners aren't going to be like these are just three dudes talking about sex because that's what i didn't want it to be right yeah you know what i mean i think you know we did we did we did something i think yeah we we did something we did something people come up going away learning a bunch of stuff from this one guys i hope so yeah i hope so um (laughs) if they'd like to learn more uh where can they find you Uh, i actually have some things i need to plug because yes my my producers are gonna kill me if i don't so um i just want to let you guys know that i will be directing my first film this labor day by the name of rent controlled and right now we we're gonna have a seed and spark link live really soon but it is not live right now so the only thing that is live is the instagram which is rent controlled short at r-e-n-t-c-o-n-t-r-o-l-l-e-d short rent controlled short on instagram okay follow us now the seed and spark campaign will be made live through there and you'll be able to give us money and help us make this movie it is a really super cool movie about gentrification and death and i think it's something that could be that needs to be told how much do you guys pay for rent do you guys pay a lot for rent 
I mean, would we live like in L.A., so would yes. You like yeah, it? we you, always we always you, pay a lot for so rent living here. you would want something rent-controlled, right? You would oh, want yeah, something. Of course. You know what I mean? Oh, that's, that's the American we're dream making, is rent-controlled We're apartments. making this right? movie for you, man. So <laughs> check it out. Rent-controlled. I'm sorry. I'm so bad at this. Rent-controlled short on Instagram. And check yeah. us out. And right. we'll be shooting on Labor Day. So thank you guys for having me. This of is going to be so dude. much fun. Yeah. Thank you for coming. We'll make sure to include that in the description. And Great. we'll make sure to tweet it out when we have the chance. Amazing. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, of course. All that, all that promotional mumbo jumbo. And Hell you're yeah. definitely you're definitely coming back again. I got to come back, man. Yeah. This this has been great. I'm, I'm going to sign off on Instagram, too, just saying goodbye to the people here because this was great. I'm done. Can't wait to come back. Maybe we'll talk about, like, I don't know. Like, we're doing a kids movie we're next time. We're going to do a kids sure. movie next we're time. Like, definitely. Max Keebler's Day Off or some shit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can we, though? <laughs> I mean, for real. Um, I think I think I just put two movies together. Oh, you did? Because uh, I was thinking Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Max Keebler's Big Move. Yes. So I just put those two movies. I, I figured we'd watch them back to back and they, then and then essentially just, just name. pretend like no, it's a Keebler's single day off. What I'm doing is I'm putting two TVs next to each other and running them simultaneously. simultaneously. Done. Like real loud, both of Done. them full volume. Yeah. I'm into that. Uh, um, what that what that reminds me of is the the final two episodes of the Twin Peaks revival. People were still because it lends itself to like desperately looking for like details and answers and like connecting dots between different things. And somebody like probably on the Reddit posited that like guys, what I think it is is they're meant to be watched at the same time in sync together, and that's how all of it the moments that that synchronize like Dark Side of the Moon and Wizard of Oz, like it just layers over itself perfectly, and this is this is how you kind of unlock it. And at a certain point, this got back to like the producers and like David Lynch, and they were all like, "What? No, <laughs> <laughs> like we've never heard that, oh, right? Man. Yeah, no. It's like when you, <laughs> it's like when you write a letter and then you like uh, cover most of it in the first letter line of each." Or first letter yeah. of each line spells out a thing. It's just like that. <laughs> but you got to pause at the right time. Like it's it's a single frame in each episode that you have to put right on top of each other. And it says, get a life. <laughs> uh, all right. On uh, that note. <laughs> Lex, where can they find you? I am all over social media at the Lex Michael. And you can find me at Tari J. That's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. You can also find me on the Ride or Dice podcast. It's an actual play uh, space-themed Savage Worlds podcast. We're having another episode come out soon. Um, We just had one a couple weeks ago. I forgot to promote myself. I promoted the movie. I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Malik, uh, don't forget to promote yourself. At Spike Lee with a K at the end. Spike Lee on, on Instagram. You can find me there. Yeah, that's it. Thank nice. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to change that once I meet him, but no, now. no. We established that you got to keep it so you guys have something to like really talk right. about and, and enjoy. I feel like that'll be so dumb though. I'll be like, so you know, my name is Spike Leak on Instagram, right? He's gonna be like, he'll All be right. like, are you the one who's giving everyone my movies in advance? <laughs> Oh man! Stupid joke. Right. Uh, <laughs> it, t- it took me a second. I was like, "What is that?" Oh, <laughs> I get yeah, it. Yep, it's a real dumb joke. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Um, all right, uh, guys, thank you again. Thank for, you, man. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Um, make sure to uh, subscribe so you get this in your feed every Tuesday. Uh, follow the show at Missing Outcast, uh, M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-I-S-T. First time. Hell Nailed yeah. It. Um, and then did you, I, I, I've been here. Did you plug yourself? Yep, I don't remember. I plug me, I plug me great. self. Great, great, great. Uh, thank you. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>